James Tiger Woods, Beric Eckerbarts, and the king of speaking in the third person, Steve Condor Condo Condon. Okay, well, as Condo usually introduces, we are back in the shed. James, there is, and Beric, there's nothing floating around. Uh, there's no flood water out the front. There's no jet skis whizzing past. <laughs> The front of the uh, of Barnsley's place. Uh, it's all clean, and six weeks on. It's the best part of six weeks. Uh, last week in March was when it was flooding out here. We're back. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> I think we've got I don't know maybe seventy two hours till the next great flood. So, <laughs> oh fuck, <laughs> don't bring them back. We've got a new cruise ship uh, dock that's just up North Creek. It's um. <laughs> Out the back of the Epic Woolworths, <laughs> and you P and O, yeah. So you can get the um, a lot of those cruises that were actually uh, put in closure due to COVID. They're actually out there now. So, so I suppose, uh, firstly, just a, a little bit of an apology from the ball and all team. We've uh, we've been sort of pretty quiet for six weeks, but there's been reasons. You've been yeah. in hospital, Woody. I went down with a uh, appendicitis, um, which is a Broken appendix slash rotten. Uh, yeah. <laughs> did, that, uh, that did, did it just come on real quick? Came on in the day. Like it, uh, it, it uh, went from like a slight pain, almost like you felt like a strain. Um, I thought I'd just done it maybe at work shaping or a uh, bit of training. Um, yeah. But by the, uh, by the arvo, by the evening, I was, it was the most pain I've been in ever. But mate, take us through the hospital too. Like when you got there, the missus. Yeah. yeah. So the I went to the hospital. I'm not a huge fan of hospitals, like anyone. But I was sort of desperate not to go. I just thought I'd be able to just ride it out with a few neurofen and stuff like that. And I got it got to about eight at night. I went to Ballina Hospital, the emergency, and they looked after us that night. Um, they couldn't do much because you need to ultrasound it, obviously, to see how bad it is. Uh, there wasn't one available at Lismore. Uh, or Ballina So I just went home They gave me some antibiotics And some strong painkillers And it, it didn't get worse It just sort of stayed the same So I went to sleep Got back into Ballina At about 9 o'clock the next day The ultrasound lady said Look it can just flare up overnight Or over t- a period of 24 hours And then settle back down And that, that can be it And she goes Well let's just see the ultrasound Did the ultrasound She goes Oh you're fucked um, You're going to have to go <laughs> oh, straight <laughs> She didn't say it in that Did she, she goes, use those words? Uh, no Right. She just goes, That's, it's really bad. Um, it's definitely appendicitis. You're going to have to go straight to Lismore. Jumped in the car with my wife, Renee. Uh, drove up there. Felt fine. No, it never got worse. I was already on some uh, strong painkillers. We are waiting to sign in emergency. I'd had, already had some forms and stuff. Filled them out to speed up signing in. I'm at the front desk signing in. And they're taking my blood pressure. And I thought I was going to spew. And I'm like, oh, Oh, far out, babe, I'm going to spew. And I didn't want to spew over the desk at the emergency. <laughs> so I looked down, you know, I've done it at a bar before where you like have a shot, instead of spewing over the bar, you spew straight down on your feet. <laughs> anyway, I just fainted. I just dropped, had low blood pressure. I dropped. Luckily, Renee was next to me. She caught me. Um, and then she said I was sort of 
I wasn't getting much oxygen. I was convulsing and doing all sorts of crazy stuff. And I went really grey. And anyway, the lady obviously that was doing my blood pressure at the desk, she's hit the alarm. I've come to, I guess it was about 30 seconds to a minute later. And uh, I've got 10 doctors around me. There's fucking alarms going off everywhere. Uh, was there any calls, we must save Woody? Yeah, well, Renee's in the background <laughs> just with her jaw on the floor, just going, you know, like, fuck, what the, like, oh, what's it's, happening? It's heavy, anyway, mate. they put me on a bed. They've got, like, all the uh, heart stuff, the defib, everything's ready to go. And that, once they check me, they, put, they take you into, a, I guess it's called the resus room, where if something major happens in the emergency, it's, like, literally right behind, I guess, the emergency check-in area. So they can, you know, sort someone out if they're in, in desperate need. And he got in there and the, the big doctors come in and he's just like, you know, obviously looked at all the staff, it's fine. I just had low blood pressure, that's why I fainted. And he goes, fuck, quick way to get a bed in Lismore, eh, mate? Just fucking <laughs> drop in the front room. So, yeah, once we got through that, it was all good. And then I was just on a, you know, just waiting. I just had to go on a wait list for surgery. It was... um. It was like overnight. You had to wait because I wasn't in an emergency surgery. That you just on, you just get sort of put there, and if you know someone has a cesarean or someone has an accident, something major, yep. you're sort of bumped to the till there's time for you to go. So I had to wait overnight through the day. And the worst part was you can't eat for surgery. You can't eat oh. or drink. You got to fast the whole time. And I hadn't had much. I was so hungry, and all you th- all I could think about was food, and. And and I kept getting bumped back, you know, so you're like waiting. And anyway, I got an apple juice and then had surgery, got my appendix out. Um, they made my personality a bit better. They do this <laughs> thing where they <laughs> add personality to you and fuck, here we are. We're back. So, so, so you're feeling good? Feeling good. I feel like my personality is a lot better. And <laughs> we've, we've noticed. Yeah. And here we are. So, it, I mean, you know, in the scheme of things, what's happened over the last two years with COVID and the floods... It's fucking nothing, really. But it was, uh, yeah, it was good to get it out and get it, get rid of the pain. It's and good Barnsie, to see you back uh, on board too, mate. Yeah, go surfing, back surfing. But ties in with what the guests we were supposed to have today too, Marty Mabry. Marty Mabry. Yeah, now, the irony is you ran into him. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> like he. It's so funny. So the guests we're supposed to have, unfortunately, he wasn't able to come today. But Doctor Marty, Doctor Marty Mabry. Uh, hopefully, we'll get him sooner or later. Um, yeah, he come in. He goes, there's. Fuck, I don't think there's many 35-year-old James Woods around here. I could see you on the front desk. I thought I'd come over and say, how you going? I went, far out, mate. What's going on? What does it look like to you? He goes, it looks fucked. (laughs) (laughs) So he's the head doctor saying that. So I guess, yeah, by that stage, it was definitely I needed to get surgery. So, yeah, it was cool for him to come check us out. Um, Yeah, and hopefully we get his story. And he couldn't make it today. Why? His, yeah. Well, his little boy, he's actually had to go back up to Brisbane. His little boy might have to get his appendix out. It looks like appendicitis. So he Jesus. goes, hey, that's what he wrote to me. He goes, funny, you wouldn't believe it. My son's up in hospital now. I think he's got appendicitis. So he was going up to hang with him. That's why he couldn't make it today. Oh, well, we wish Marty's boy all the yeah, best. Anyway. So hopefully we'll uh, get him down. We'll get some funny stories. And Barnsley, you had uh, COVID uh, fly in and out of Ross Lane and through the Barnes household. Oh, I ripped, it, ripped through us. The... Um, Oh, look, I had Whoop. the pleasure of attending one of the uh, the great musical fests. Apparently, it wasn't a super spreader, but every single person I no, know lit up, lit up with two red line Christmas trees as a result of it. But uh, 
Cheese was a great festival. I just want to say thanks to uh, the organisers who put that together because to have live music back is bloody unreal. And that Australian set they had pretty much of all Aussie artists Midnight will be Oil. one of the best you'll ever see. Like Midnight Oil. What was your favourite Midnight Oil song? Beds are burning. Um, Blue Sky Mine. Blue Sky Mine for me is my favourite. But I'll tell you what, when they battled out the power and the passion oh, and all that yeah. sort of stuff, it was just like, You could oh, rattle off 10 was of anyone at any? The- was anyone at any other stages when they were on? Not the Oilers. Well, there were other guest acts playing, but they were the last one. And, um, yeah, Peter Garrett, just to see. I've never seen the Oilers live, and it was one of my bucket listers. And just see him really? dance and do what he does, oh. it's just, he just how brings old, an intensity. How old do you reckon he'd be? Would he be oh, mid-60s? Late, mid to late 60s, would he? He's mid-60s? about... Yeah, he's. I think he's sixty-five. He's fit as a fiddle. Yeah, like. But, but keep in, keep in mind, though, this is what I tried to explain to Zach because he said how good they were. Those guys were in their prime in the late eighties. Yeah, yeah. In, in mid to late eighties, and where that's like, when they were at their at their peak. Uh, eh? no, yeah, and 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 when you actually listen to the words of their songs now. And they were writing that sort of stuff in, like, you know, mid eighties. Yeah, like it's crazy. Well, yeah. I can, we're twenty twenty two, mate. I can remember like. Like staying with my cousins and my uncle, and my uncle had the old, you know, like old Commodore wagon tape yeah. player. Blue Sky Mine had a blue tape. <laughs> it was a blue tape, and you'd click it in, and we it was whatever album Blue Sky Mine was on. It was that album. I can remember that when I was maybe five, four yeah. or five, going, "Oh, put the blue tape in." <laughs> on the they way. were good, mate. They were really good, and and it rocked. And he doesn't pull any punches, eh? But it's amazing to see, like, obviously how political. Pete is in their band. Was he talking a lot between yeah, the songs? He, he yeah. did. He did. He didn't pull any punches. Don't worry. There would have been a few offended there. I tell you. Was Scotty it Morrison was, on the radar, mate? Or? But I did see uh, Albo. Albo came on before Jimmy Barnes, and uh, probably I, I reckon if he went off stage, he'd be, you know, like um, you ever seen Happy Gilmore? Yeah. You know how when he comes onto that scene where he goes um. Just give us a hand, you know, on the first. If there's anything I need, just like yeah. point it out to his young caddy. Yeah. He gets on the first tee and he goes, uh, "Lafferty Daniel, uh, Lafferty Daniel." And he's standing there. He walks off to him and goes, where were you on that one, dipshit? <laughs> That's what he would have done to his campaign manager. Oh, <laughs> I mean, like, where were you on that one, dipshit? Because you. you don't come on and, yeah, he, he got up on stage, introduced Jimmy Barnes and poor bugger copped it, which was tough to, tough to see. You don't like see anyone copping it, you know what yeah. I mean? But um, It comes with the territory, I guess, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, look, it's a hard one. I think even Albo got COVID too, so there was another one to bite the dust. <laughs> he might have bang it up. <laughs> yeah. But, mate, they were all great. I, I, my two greatest performances, though, Johnny Stevens, yeah, he just rocked. And what's it. he out? Is Screaming Jets? Nah, so he's uh, Noise Works. Noise Works. So Touch, oh, Take Me Back, yeah. all those songs. But because he did four and a half years with In Excess after yeah. Michael Hutchins died, he can have, In Excess have given him the privilege of being able to sing their songs too. So yeah. just carry those great tunes. You know what I mean? Like it's unbelievable. So to go In Excess, Noise Works, and bounce yeah. the set was amazing. And another one, I found some artists I'd never even heard of, like Briggs, like. Adam Briggs, the, or, um, the Aboriginal rapper from Shepparton, oh, Victoria. Not Hayden Briggs. Not Hayden Briggs. Not right. Hayden Briggs, but Adam Briggs. Um, or he calls himself Senator Briggs. He was unbelievable. He yeah. rocked it. Baker Boy rocked it. Yeah, oh, Baker so, Boy, yeah. yeah, he's great. Like, I was just uh, just so impressed with the setup. And then, fortunately, on the weekend, got to go to that one from the heart that they did from Lismore. Yep. So, uh, they did, uh, obviously, gave uh, free... Tickets uh, free it. tickets to all the people in the Lismore postcode, and then all of us from outside. Um, I think paid a hundred bucks or whatever to get tickets and go along, and was and that, that was amazing. Yeah, it was great. I think about ten thousand. And mate, pissing down rain in ankle deep in mud, 
it was pretty much just like being back in Lismore. That Cleaning day. up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That sounds like your, sh- your sort of doof, Barnsley. Mate, it was great. It was... Uh, Grinners sick? Grinners were sick. Grinspoon, Lismore boys talking about their home streets, the houses they grew up in that all went under, um, and they just came out and rocked it on the last set. They were amazing. Um, they have Paul Kelly, John Stevens, Dale Braithwaite. Sick. All these Horses? old people. Horses, mate, arm in arm horses, oh. so good. And then even to have a mosh pit at the end too with um the Grinners as oh. well. Like it, I'd never seen Grinspoon before. I really, was, I was one of those kids who basically missed their ten years of their youth. Oh yeah, so you know big day out. Yeah, yeah, never went to a big day. Mate, they they're probably <laughs> well. Uh, I reckon they're nearly the closest band to playing like their CD I've ever heard. Really? Yeah, I remember when Mick won his World Title in 07, that he got they played for him at his party at Kira. Yep. And they played in the back of a semi-trailer. Every oh. song they played sound like dead, like dead cat. They play Chemical Heart. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they like um, Champion. That yeah, that's so good. So that rock. Sick. But he's a great Phil Jamison. Um, good frontman. She's a good frontman. Sick frontman. Anyway, buddy, how good's live music? Good to have it back. Well, it's a great segue into the live event that we did. It's probably the first. Oh, it's not the first. It's probably the last one we do. What do you reckon? Oh. Podcast in at Cherry Street. That was sick. I can't believe... Was it one of the better nights in the last couple of years? It definitely well, was I just can't me. believe... Like, I was thinking so many moving parts. How the, f- like, how the fuck is everything well, going to let, go? Let's well, let's just take it back. Let's just take it back. Weather. Let's, let, let's just... No, let's but go let, to let's, the weather. Well, let's just talk about the week prior. <laughs> Literally, if you counted the days over the three weeks before that and the three weeks after that, those two days around that were probably the two of the nicest days well, inside the well, 50 it, days well, around it, that. But, but even That's before true. we get to the night, if you wind it back to the week, we had Ross Lane flooding. Yeah. Uh, trying to save Barnsley's – well, your house was fined and, and we had a bit well, of water just, in the shed. Yeah. Then you obviously in a very anxious state and then deciding once we'd sort of cleared our rink up that you were going to do the Goggins. The, yeah. the, the, the vibe and – I mean, just the inspiration around, uh, which was led by the Bodie boys, to do the Goggins Challenge into the Saturday Arvo was, I don't know, it's one of the great things I've seen in this community. Yeah. I actually can only just, that's, we're about, what, five weeks, six weeks away. I'm only just walking properly. Oh, and I've I still, I've still got guys down at the Trojans that can't play footy because yeah. of the Goggins yeah. Challenge. There's so many blokes. Sammy it Stewart's is. knee's yeah. gone. He probably needs a knot. Like, just so <laughs> many guys put yeah. themselves through absolute torture yeah. to do that. Um, oh. You had... Three uh, of the more uh, seasoned veterans that actually led the way and ran over 100 Ks. Yeah, so Andrew Fraser, yeah. Nick Chervin, Sammy Stewart. They're all big boys too. They'd all yeah. be pushing 90 kegs, you know, like they're you know, and older and all 40 and I above. I love it how they would just <laughs> – like they, we'd actually finish the run. I only did five of the 12, but – they just go knock out another three Ks. People are lying on the ground. Or, like, <laughs> and gathering. they go again. Yeah, they're just like, we're just going to get these extra three Ks and just run off. And then we roll into the Saturday uh, when the Goggins finished around lunchtime. Much to your disgust, James, because you wanted marquees everywhere because it was going to piss down. I just wanted to do the night so bad. I didn't want to let <laughs> yeah. fucking our English weather that we now have. <laughs> or what are we? Are we Scottish? Are we fucking... Oh, we're like know. Greenland. We're Seattle. Yeah. We're s- yeah we're but, s- we got, but we got it right. No marquees. Uh, perfect night uh, on the bowling greens at the back of Cherry Street. Amazing venue. Yeah. It's yeah. not. I don't reckon there's a better venue for what sort of thing we did. Food trucks at the back, bars and stuff in the middle, and then the the seating and the stage and yeah. on the other side next to the out the back deck they have with fucking two other bars. Like our sponsors brilliant. that were involved in the night, Yulies, Azteca. Geez, they put on a show. Easy yeah. to get a drink. Um, you guys probably know the answer to this question, but quiz question for our listeners. We will give the answer. But how many? 
margaritas did, did Tom and his helpers sell? They, they had four kegs. I think they yeah. could do 150 or 100 margies a keg. He right? sold 1,000 margaritas. Wow. He's, I never reckon sold, he's never sold out an event before, has he? He was gone by 7.45. Mate, I... Fu- <laughs> he didn't have any more to give. Yeah, he goes, I ran out, and yeah. he had pre-mixed in a keg, so yeah. it was quick, you know... 1,000 ma- margaritas, he said. I reckon I had, fuck, at least 10. I think you had 10 before you got on stage. I did. I had. To, I was shitting myself. I didn't realise it was going to be... When you see everyone there, it's... Yeah. No, it was an amazing night. So, again, thank you to Cherry Street, uh, yeah, Terry, Terry Sheen. Sheen yep. Uh, Obviously, Brad, Fiona, the, two f- the three food trucks too. The oh, pizza, how good they? Um, the uh, the S- smoke and barrel, smoke and barrel, oh, and the good. other one. I, I, I can't remember the other name of the other one, but they had the hot dogs and stuff. Oh, they were nice too. Yeah, yeah. it was good. Um, well, I could eat. Yeah, you have. I you, tried you, to eat, you, and then I just went and basically just sat on the toilet <laughs> again. And eat the only toilet that was available. You and, good, uh, in good shape, Barnes. Oh, mate, you definitely a, weren't yourself. I was at three thirty <laughs> that day. I was on the bathroom floor in a fetal position after I'd vomited up. vomited everything I could, f- anything that was in why, the stomach. Why was that just so bugger for my money? My body rejected me. Like it was that, it, that nine o'clock run that morning in the heat when we set a fucking stupid pace. Um, and he tried to keep up with Jack. And I, my body just, my body had just given up. And I was just in catatonic cramp. My whole body was just in cramp. I had to get my wife to like pull me apart wow. um, at 3.30. I was just in a mess. I was hating myself. Everything was crook. And what were you like? I don't know if I spoke to you the next day. What were you like the next day after you'd got through the night, done the run? Were you, oh, just, could you eat and stuff? I was, yeah, I was better the next day. I could actually get some food into me. So yeah. I felt like I felt I had more yeah. energy the next day, which was, which was funny. But I reckon I crashed on the... Um, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. It was just like I fell off a cliff because you were so heightened too. Because yeah. you had the flood here, yeah, and the goggins, and then the motion of that, uh, yeah. and then into the night. And mate, it's just I'm so glad. Like Condo, you deserve a big tip of the cap, mate, because I didn't you know, do that. I yeah, didn't, you, I didn't you, find myself cramped yeah, up. <laughs> but you, you, you kept did, everything else running. You did the goggins on everything else that. Yeah. On everything else, you know what I mean? Like yourself, Terry Sheehan, all the boys that put everything to get Amanda Gorvin, who did a fantastic job behind Fawny, the scenes. Louis. Fawny, Louis. Fawny, Louis. Hamish. Mate, so many moving parts with it. Um, you know, Matty Oop and LJ Signs getting yeah. all that stuff up. So, mate, it was a cracking night. And our guests too. Like, I, I oh. suppose, how do, you, how do you put into words how hard it is to get Mick Fanning for one? Um, to get him on a night and Andy King and for them to just come down and give up their time like they did was freaking amazing. I spoke. Uh, yeah, and, and you know, I think that, well, obviously we, the three of us, know, um, know Kingy pretty well. Uh, Woody, you know Mick um, quite well. Uh, Barnsley and I um, don't know him that well before the night. But just to give everybody a bit of an understanding of the sort of person Mick is, um, he rings me on Sunday morning when you guys were recovering uh, and says, Condo. I think I'd slept, but yeah. <laughs> so, so I don't know if people realise, but so when we auctioned off his board on the Saturday night, um, he said, Condo, I've got, a, I've got a guy on text who's texting me who's a mate of a mate who's going to pay 15 grand. I said, oh, okay, so is it sold at 15 grand? He said, yeah, I think so. Um, and uh, anyway, so when we were auctioning it off, the guy didn't get back to him when we had the bid at 12 and a half. So obviously you and I being very, uh, very efficient auctioneers, we knocked it down at <laughs> 12 and a half. The guys then text him back sort of semi-blowing up. I, you know, I had 15 grand to spend and I didn't buy a board and you sold it for two and a half grand under what I was going to pay. So Mick rings me uh, on Sunday morning and says, Condo, uh, this guy sort of wants to buy a board, so can we do something? And I said, well, what are, you, what are you asking me for? And he goes, well, I've got 130 boards sitting here, so yeah, I'll sell him another one. Are you cool with that? And I said, well, of course I am. 
So he tipped in another another board, another twelve and a half grand into the wow. pot the next morning. So sick, crazy. And what? And, what he, and so he that that guy will just get that next time he's in Oz, or he'll just send it something for his wall. This is like a uh, the guy lives in New York. Oh, uh, right. The, so the, the, the money went into the account straight away. Well, yeah. The guy texts me. Mick said, I'll, I'll join you guys up. The guy texts me. He was, he, he bought it for his son. He was ecstatic. Yeah, good oh, that. That's sick. So that's it was, awesome. Yeah, it was amazing. And I think just on that, um, we've got a bit of a gift pack going off to Kingy and, uh, and, um, yeah, awesome. and Mick um, because they wouldn't take anything for the night. They wouldn't even let us put them up for the night. Um, somewhere So hopefully they enjoy Mate, that They both had to go to Bell They were fucking weren't even drinking They weren't even They were just yeah. cruising It was like Well touch on Bells too Because that was a phenomenal Mick was, performance Mick was just laughing at your jokes John <laughs> Constantly <laughs> He's been laughing at me for quite some time since You carried us on the night man Geez you were good You're, oh, you're red hot I was The cricket bat one went down a, went down a treat <laughs> Oh I got some good feedback <laughs> what, about the, what about the baked bean one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No one fucking laughed at that oh, one. I did Cairns <laughs> I love it but, ju- but, just, but, just, but just on Mick We've sort of stopped, I suppose, as far – well, not really stopped. We're trying to do other things around the fundraising. Mick's still going. So last night he launched Mick Fanning Golf Day. Yeah. yeah. June the 10th. Huge. Um, jump on his Instagram and have a look at how well organised that is. That will raise – I don't know. I'm going to call it – it'll probably be two million bucks. Wow. I, I think and, and this is for Flood again. Crazy. I, crazy. I think, it, I think uh, from what I could see on his Instagram – He's slowly becoming a bit of a golf geek or a golf fanatic, old MF. So I think it's, uh, he can get a lot of heavy hitters down for that one. And a, and a four-ball comp, I don't know if there's a better way to get a fundraiser, really. Like, get so, so for listeners out there, if you want to be a part of it, if it's not sold out, it's two and a half grand for a four-ball. Yep. Um, we've entered two teams, yep. uh, the ball and all, so we're going to support it. They supported us. We're going to get up there and have a good day out and uh, – and assist in raising a lot of money. I don't know what you get for your two and a half grand, but if you get nothing, it's going to flood victims. Well, you get a day. You get a day with me and Berwick Condo, and <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't want jokes from me, especially if you're not playing well? But yeah, I think hole in one, you can win a car or boats or yeah, I, I, blocks of land. I in text Epic. Mick saying, mate, just like if you could start to get that stuff regoed, so I could just <laughs> drive it home. You know what I mean? So we don't have to fuck around after the day because I'll probably go two holes in one, two boats. Two boats, yeah. <laughs> but no, sick. And like, if if you can still think of ways to get, you know, awareness to it, funding for it, because it's so easy once you do something big to just, you know, all right, we've done, we're done, we've, our work's done. Yeah. I reckon, you know, if we can still do, even if we did another another charity event like we did with MF, or we did, we organised another, you know. A fun day, whether it's Are you a calling fun. a live podcast on the greens at uh, Lennox? Well, that's something like that again. Like, if we just did something yearly to keep it all going, oh, I don't know. You yeah, know, 100%. Like it's so yeah. easy for us yeah. to organize or anyone yeah. to organize well, something, even if it's you raise 500 bucks or a thousand bucks. It all helps. It going, all helps. Going through North Lismore just to go to that concert the other night. Oh, what and was it like? Still, like? It's just it's a still shell e- shock. It's eerie, mate. Yeah. And I think for it's people going back right now, you imagine going back to your house now where all the help's gone. All the people have left. The army's gone. Yeah, the, the energy. Gone. That's the what I mean. Gone, yeah. and you've come back, and now you got to look at basically a house that's just full of studs, and you're starting again. Yeah, with and, no uh, money, and, no and insurance. And you know that maybe next season there's going to be another major flood. Like, it's not the last flood Lismore's ever going to have. So no, no, it's yeah. or anywhere you know for that yeah. matter, you know Woodburn or whatever. Like, it's it's just hopefully if we could 
come up with something cool. I know all three of us can or anyone in the community that listens to this with ideas to do something every year or, you know what I mean, just to keep it all moving and grooving. Yeah, and look on that, I, I think probably, Barnsley, when you say, uh, you know, that it took a lot of time in the organisation of the night, it did. But I think the most the most amount of time in getting it right was the... Um, was just trying to align ourselves in the night and the money that we raised with how it could be executed and um, back into the community quickly, far out. I tell you what, I don't know if it was uh, was luck, but we came across Cole Lee and the Rotary team. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we raised over half a million bucks on the night. I think we're, I, I think it's now north of sort of 600 grand. Wow. Um, and talking to Cole this week, uh, they have now executed getting coupons out into the community um, already, and they've, I think, to the uh, sound of about half a million dollars already. Yeah, that's in six weeks. Yeah, like that's a lot of hard work. So that, thank you, Cole Lee and Rotary. They're yeah. they're, they're they're part in um in the whole jigsaw puzzle of trying to help. Uh, it's been enormous. And and not being involved in or not seeing this sort of stuff, I suppose you, you're sort of oblivious to it. But the the great work that some of these charities do behind the scenes is phenomenal, and they just need a bit of money to be able to do more of it. Like their, their, their processes are second to none. Yeah, they, they've just got it down pat. What 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 else is epic? Like we all put in so much effort, obviously to organise it, get the night there. Everyone in the community put you yeah. know their time, their money into coming yeah. and seeing it, and we've got someone like this that's part of our community. The money's in our community. Going to the people that are affected in our community, and yep. it, and it's not going to someone's fucking jet ski in Melbourne, or it's sitting in a uh, a bank account, yeah. earning interest earning for something to be used for the same when will it be used? used? I don't know. So, so yeah. I, I love that. I, you, you can ben, you I, have no stress of knowing where the money. It's going. All the people that spent money to come see us, spent money getting beers and having a good time. It's all going back to the people that were affected in our area. Yeah, and I think. Uh, you know, on that, the three original initiatives um, that, yeah. we, uh, that we donated yeah. money to. Um, so what's the update on, uh, on Skin Dog? Skinny, Skinny well, it was so funny because, uh, you know, he was very, you know, he was always pushing back about getting anything. You know, someone like that always thinks someone else deserves it more, you know. Oh, don't worry about me, rada, rada, rada. Um, he just got himself, um, he just joined this, uh, ten week course. It's like a neuro gym to get his, uh, his. I think it's his right side of his um, body. So his hands. Well, the tumor affected that hole, and yeah, he's basically numbed it all. Pretty yeah. Much, so it? he's just trying to get movement back, proper proper movement where everything sort of works evenly and the same. Um, anyway, so this neuro gym, this course he's doing, it sort of helps you get all that stuff working again. And uh, it was about six or seven grand, I think, to do it. Awesome. It's yeah. in Ballina. Anyway, he paid for that. And then the next day, we that money from the charity, the fundraiser money, went into his account. So he was just wrapped. He was like, holy shit, you know, thanks so much for just yeah. doing this. So, you know, it was just perfect timing and, and, and he's stoked. It's, he's, you know, three weeks or two weeks into that course and it's making heaps of difference. Awesome. Yeah, and no, no different to the flood victims. Ricky and Michael Sambas, as their battle continues with hockey. Um, yeah. He's back in hospital. Um, yeah, they've got a through. long stint up They've in got Brisbane. a long stint, but yeah, uh, yeah um, Ricky and Michael keep us updated. They're, they're, uh, they're fighting the fight, but there's a lot of positivity there with where Oki's at. Um, enormous thank you to everybody that cont- contributed um, yeah. on that front. Yeah, another, like, you know, another crazy situation, and you just can't even relate to it. 
but all you can do is help them as much as they can so that they can support. Yeah, and, and, and Michael came on the night. He had a great night. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, an yeah. epic time. Yeah, so it was really good. I think I, good. I, I don't think there was. Yeah, I don't. I think everyone was stoked on the night. There might have been a few people disappointed with a couple of my jokes, but <laughs> other than that, you know, it, it seemed like yeah. everyone had a great time. I think and just to be around everyone. Yeah, it was know. great. Uh, it was good to have that one. Just a, something to let off the steam yeah. after the month we've had, and then of course our kids too. So um, Rebecca Batista and her partner came on the night, and her husband, sorry, and came on the night, which was which was awesome. Um, she's an absolute legend. They absolutely they loved it, yep. and um, they'd been through a hell of a lot. So uh, could we do ads for our kids? Oh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> who knows? We uh, <laughs> you know the next one we're going to do. We're going to do one for Cherry Street. They're a sponsor now. Fuck, we could do a good one. Oh, we could. Sorry. Sorry. Keep going, buddy. Uh, anyway, so um, the great thing about our kids is they buy the equipment, obviously, that keeps the kids in this area for, for Lismore Hospital, and they went out with the money we donated, a resuscitation simulation monitor. So basically what that'll do is that will train all their staff um, in order to resuscitate little kids if ever they come oh, under... Really? Uh, I see. Yeah. Seizure or... Seizure, all that sort of yeah. stuff. So this will be the device that helps train them. That's so how, that's where the money's going How good is that? that? But like when like we've obviously uh, got some traction, donated money to something like our kids... And you know exactly what it's what's been bought with. That's it. why that's so why they're in such an appealing charity. Not just because of the work they do, but they give you a clear. Yeah, there's a clear that is what you've bought. It's not going yeah. in there and you go, oh shit, I don't know what the damn thing is or what what it's gone to. So, no, Rebecca, they do a great job. So thank you for uh, yeah, thanks for what so you do. So boys, before we go around the grounds, um, I know we had so much fun <laughs> filming our sponsors <laughs> our sponsors ads. Uh, what would you do next time? So, what would you do next time for the elders ad, Woody? Uh, that's easy. That's actually that's really, easy. Yeah, really, really easy. And I, I'm surprised you guys don't know kind of what I'm thinking. You'd really? obviously do a, a, an ad on a live auction. And obviously, yourself, you'd be running the auction, and I'd be some fucking lunatic in with the a, crowd with being. a headset. And he, we'd be going at it with each other And you'd be doing a back and forth Okay, that's good I like that And then obviously I wouldn't have any money And I'd fucking do the runner And it'd be a car chaser I don't know You could do, Or I'd look like a homeless guy And I'd just keep putting my bat up Six mil, eight mil And all of a sudden I'm like You know the undercover boss I pull my thing yes. off And I'm Steve Jobs I like and it And I'm okay. fucking worth a trillion dollars So right, so, uh, so Barnsley what would we do for Yulies? Oh, jeez, I don't know. I thought that was bloody well done, the Yulies I think one. they're using yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, really? They, they've got to, uh, I think they've got to, mo- they can't use the song because uh, you've got to purchase that or oh, whatever, yeah, however okay. that copyright jeez, works. that was but a good song. Yeah, that worked. Karate Kid, wasn't it? Yeah. The end of it? Yeah. And you were, you know, you starred Woody. <laughs> what would you do in Yulies? Actually, oh, Brocky, Brocky was probably the star pouring yeah. the beer over your head at the end. Yulies is an easy one. Um, obviously, you do a setting where uh, it's, the Labor and the Liberal debate, the great debate. So I'm Scott Morrison. He's <laughs> yeah, uh, Albert. Anthony Albanese. Yep. Yep. And he's having obviously something that isn't going to make him perform well. <laughs> it's obviously going to be, you know, a 4X or something from Queensland. <laughs> and I'm going to smash a fucking Yulies and win the great debate and, and become get the Prime Minister. <laughs> and the national beer will be Yulies. How good. You got, you're just creative. He's our artistic well, director just show, and lead actor. Sh- shows you where we fall Any down, calls Barnsley? from Chris Hemsworth and his agency? <laughs> there is. Netflix yeah. are actually going to take on board these ads. Um, and They're going to do, uh, I think, one of those Apple series behind <laughs> the scenes of that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All our fuck-ups. Make or break. You know, the new yeah. fucking surfing one. It'll be make or break ads. With so, them. Station Grocer, how do, we, how do we outdo that last ad? Uh, 
I, I, that one's my, that one's my fucking favorite. Like, there's nothing better than when you go, fucking ATM fees seven dollars, <laughs> and then you go, petrol nine hundred ninety nine dollars. <laughs> Unbelievable. I don't. That one's hard to top, but I think you can. There's so many good ones with that. You can do like. I don't know, you can be the fuckwit that fills his petty up and does a runner and we fucking got to track him down or you can do, you know, you can be like the weird guy that serves and you fucking like the, you know, like the fucking cobber. You could be like a cobber guy. We could do like a behind the scenes, you know, get up early, walk down, you're talking to the crew. Yeah, or you could funny. be like... It was a bloody great though to be able to do it from Vaughny's creative sort of stuff and Nick oh. Pot, mate. It was it was enjoyable. Obviously, we're I think uh, I think for Mayors we'd have to do an ad just to get him staff. He's still struggling for staff. Well, I saw so, Dan, I see Dan down at the Bay Ice Cream Shop this morning. Uh, not open because they couldn't get staff. So Jeez. it's um it's hard for a lot of people. I think yeah, a lot of businesses. Um, it'd be great to see Mez too when they move into the new shop as well. Just coming, not too. Uh, That's where we'll the be doing our live podcast, Barnsey. So, um, boys, round the grounds. Where do we start? Oh, I think we oh, – I don't want to start it off on a sad note, but, geez, cricket's had a tough year. Oh, and it's, just got, it's yeah. just got tougher um, with Andrew Simons. Roy, affectionately known. Look, I know, you know, people south of the border probably he, – he's obviously stra- – like, obviously, in terms of Australian cricket terms, he's a bit of an icon, um, but up in Queensland especially, so huge name. Um, and just because of his love of – not just what he do on the cricket field, but his love of just his own solitude, pig Being hunting, outdoors. fishing, and out, an ultimate outdoors man, and um, a guy who didn't pull any punches uh, or shoulder charges either. <laughs> yeah, so, mate, that's a, that was a sad one for sure. Woody, you probably haven't listened to it, uh, and our listeners should, but uh, Mark Howard on his podcast. How are we going? Yeah, yeah, how are we going? So he and Gilly did sort of a, a bit of a tribute of their best stories, obviously working with him on Fox and whatever. You got to listen to it. It's I think, really, really good. I think if you follow cricket and you follow the golden era, the golden era, you know, like mid to mid to late nineties through to, I guess two thousand and eight, like that two thousand and three World Cup. I don't know if yeah, you remember. One hundred and forty three scored against. Yeah, him and Ponting in their fucking prime, and both just going at it and playing. I think they did they did they both hit over a hundred in the final. Was it, or was it in the semi when they beat the one hundred and forty three? He scored was not in the final. Was in was but, it in the semi? Uh, I don't know. It was a crucial innings. I think yeah. to get him yeah, into Yeah, it was one. But, of, it was to it was, get him over the line. I mean, you you listen to so called experts say they reckon it's one of the best one day yeah. innings in a World Cup. Full stop. Full, I thought. Yeah, yeah I, I can remember it clearly, and and even the even the and then like you know that was the one where they just smashed everyone, and then in 07 it was like they were. In the West Indies, they were borderline unbeatable. I don't even know yeah. if they lost in 07. And I think it's funny, like he, we obviously remember the batting sort of stuff, but good bowler, could bowl mediums, yeah. bowl off spin, and probably one of the greatest fielders yeah. we've ever had, and a great sledger. And, 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 yeah. and when you talk about great fielder, like he's a big boy. Huge man. Yeah, yeah. He, actually, he actually had um, aspirations to play for the Broncos. He used to come down and training and actually train. When you were there? Uh, I, didn't get, I didn't get a session. Actually, it might have been one he'd come down, Roy. That was like, yeah, I fall around that time. But uh, pre- once I left, he come down and did a few sessions post his footy career just to get amongst the boys and, and be a part of it because he did have aspirations. But um, so many funny stories, like you obviously telling the one where he bought his – he used to buy his own auction prizes yeah, so just so he wouldn't have to I, fish with anyone. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who I heard it. It was on the radio somewhere yesterday. Someone tell a story that they reckon he'd always be one of the first people to put his hand up and help out for – 
fundraisers and he'd always say, okay, you can auction me off. Someone can come fishing with me up in North Queensland, Barramundi fishing. And they go, yeah, okay, that's great. And, and he'd go, but there's one premise. Whatever, whoever's going to buy it, they get to 10 grand, 5 grand, whatever it is, just lob in another bid from somebody in the crowd, which is me, paying $100 more because I hate fishing <laughs> with anyone except for myself. <laughs> but he paid the money. Yeah. So, the, so uh, I'll pay he, the money <laughs> and I'll go fishing. Because he would, would have he been one of the first, like, Million dollar buys in the IPL, eh? He was like the first, yeah, like he was huge. The, what was, was the he? first one? 08 yeah, or 09? Yeah. He was like one of I the even know, it might have been, early, but he, yeah, well, yeah, it would have been around that time because, he, like, I'm, you know, how they did the auction. I think he was the first one of the first international guys over a million dollars at the auction, like, yeah, he, he was a big, he was big at that time and did well over there. Him and mate, Shane Watson was really good over there, too. I yeah, think, yeah, like um, the Warney, Warney, like yeah. those first ones. He was, huge. it's um, he, there's some great stories coming out about him. There was one, um, when he got into Matt Hayden, they playing shield cricket. You remember Matt Hayden used to score 100. He'd, you know, he'd, he'd, Matt Hayden obviously found the Lord and um, he used to kiss his helmet and look up at the sky and, and thank the Lord and over the heart and all this sort of stuff. Anyway, Matt Hayden's playing a shield game for Queensland and um, nudges it through, gets his 100 and just gives a quick tap to the uh, sort of the, um, you know, just the crowd. And he bats on for a little bit longer, gets out and he's walking past the pavilion, uh, past the players in the sand and, and Roy just under his breath goes, Obviously, God doesn't watch your cricket, mate. That was priceless, mate. Be so, you, you would imagine <laughs> how many good ones there would be that no one knows about too, yeah. that like the good little ones that would be between the Aussies and also like how they were against England and, and New the, Zealand. Yeah, and India and those yeah. teams. That, yeah, it was... Um, there must have been so many good ones that no one knows because they're all funny dudes. They're all p- got a bit of personality. Yeah, so Woody, let's go to the surfing. Is, is the is the uh, influx of podium finishes for the Aussies? Is that a result from uh, our guest at uh, Turning the Tide podcast, Andy King? I I, I reckon. I, I mean, I don't I don't know how much involvement he had with those guys individually, but um, I think I think him being there, and if he's speaking to their coaches or speaking to whoever there is helping them then, yeah, you'd be surprised if it wasn't. I know... He was working closely with Tyler, uh, Ethan Ewing. Yep. Um, Callum, I think, had his own coaches, uh, own coach, but obviously having input. <laughs> what I, what, what I like was, I was pretty like... I was kind of getting into those guys about how the fuck we get... You know, there, there was no men inside the top, top 12. 10, yeah. There was no, there was no mm. women inside the top seven. I think Tyler was the highest before the Aussie leagues. And then we just... You know, I think Bells, we had four of the eight in the quarters for men's. We had, you know, I think two or three in the women's. And then at Margie's, we kicked ass. We had a bunch there. And now, you know, our two – I feel our two best hopes for for this year in Robbo and Ethan are now three and four. And Tyler's – I think Tyler's maybe first or second now. What's, what's separated, say, you know, Ethan and, and Callum? Because I know Ethan was sort of – Touted as a very good surfer, but Callum's sort of come from the clouds, hasn't he? I think uh, it's just a bit of self-belief under yeah. pressure. I think uh, maybe Ethan, I don't know, because he surfs so well, I don't know him personally how he thinks, but maybe he just thought it was going to happen a bit easier than what it did, and it's, everyone's so good. Yeah, it's, he's had to grind it out. He's, he's had to grind it out a little yeah. bit more, and, yeah. and he'll still have those heats where he's the best surfer of that round, and then there'll be heats where he gets through. Yep. But it was, it's, he's still getting through. And he's kind of figured a way out to win ugly or win as, 
you know, nice as he does. Yeah. Same with Robbo. I reckon he's kind of a bit more like that, especially the final against John John. Yeah. John John gets that eight five under priority in West Oz. And then, you know, he goes, he starts to get, it's, it's looking like, oh, okay, here we go. John John's going to get another one. And Robert just sat there, waited, did that big air. John John took a bad one. Then he sat and waited and got the, and, and, and ended up with two eights and got it. Yeah. And it's, it's huge. Huge win it's against, against the hardest guy out there. And his, his heat average out there, John John's heat average is about 17. Wow. Jeez, I love his, his humility. Like, you know, he gets dusted by Jack Robbo and they're obviously good mates. Um, but, you know, he, he's just like fantastic, great final, really enjoyed it. Um, he surfed great. He won. Yeah. It's fantastic. He's in his own backyard. Like, I just love the way John John just approaches everything. Nothing seemed to phase him. Yeah. He's just... Great mentality. Yeah, really good. I guess, too, he's probably... Uh, he's late 20s now. He's probably a bit more mature. He's kind of... You know, he... You can tell... You can see the guys that are, start, like, a lot more comfortable in their own skin. He's definitely one of those yeah. guys. Yeah, and And to me... 28 to 34 is, I would say, when you, if you're in good fitness for surfing, for the men's, it's generally, that's your peak, that's your, peak, that's your world title, you've, especially if you've had six to ten years already on tour, you really know your game. You so know, you've, you've done a lot of work with Connor, uh, Connor O'Leary, yep. and he's back on tour yep. for next year, so he's re-qualified. It's great That, news, that was a goal, yeah. I'd imagine. Yeah, oh, I mean, obviously you want to do as, you know, as best as he could. but Surfing great. Surfing so good. Few few, like... A few silly mistakes in a few heats. That heat in West Oz took a took a bad yeah. wave with priority, and he had the best wave of the heat. Yep. Um, but yeah, he gets a shot now. He knows what he should be doing, heat to heat. I tell you what, when you talk about um, someone being comfortable in their own skin, geez, he looks like he's confident. Like just, yeah, he's surfing. Yeah, I think, I, I, I think I, from last year. Yeah, I, I just, I, I just, you know, sitting there watching his heats, oh, I think it's a real pleasure to watch. He looks super confident. He looks really comfortable himself. His 100%. approach looks really, you know, articulate down to the sort of, you know, down to the TikTok of what I've got to do, what I've got to, you know. I reckon just having... A bit um, more comfortable on tour maybe. I reckon too, just having Dog there. Like he works with Dog on tour and um, Dog's obviously been there for a decade or so. So Richard Marsh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. He, he does quite a few guys. Ryan Callahan, um, Leo. Leo and Frederico. Yeah. So there's a few of them there. He's great. Great, easy to easy to speak to guy, and that helps big time for someone like Connor. Just a calming word, good, clear heat structure, a plan, yeah, and just a plan on what what he thinks, what he, what he thinks Connor should do, and yeah. it's it's made. It's obviously kept him on tour. So there, there you go, and and now he's got a really good chance. He's got all the way till the cutoff next year. He can improve every event. He doesn't have to worry about all that shit. He can just go and surf as well, good as he some, can. He's got some waves that are going to suit him, hasn't he? Yeah, G-Land. you'd really think, like, you know, he finaled at Fiji surfing yep. and it was a lot more turns than barrels at that year at Fiji. I feel like he's a great guy to, um, to follow and hopefully, you know, gets a good result at Chile. So before we go to the NRL, um, who is your pick, men's, women's, world titles, there's a wolf coming back into the pack, and I'd be really scared because he's going to have no seed. He's going to fucking make, he's going to just fucking chuck a massive spanner in it. I, I, Gabriel will be difficult to oh, beat it. He's coming back, is he? G Land. Yeah. yeah. He'll be very difficult to beat at G Land. Unless he's quite rusty, but I, I saw some footage of him at Macca's, which is a left in the Mentowies. He's been up there for about 10 days surfing on his own. Yeah, right. 
Nice little prep for him. So, is it one of the great logistical masterpieces to get a contest at G Land? Yeah, or has it become I, easier I now? It's it was the first. It's the first spot um, that they did in the mid nineties, where they were really starting to change the direction of instead of being at a city beach, yep. where all the sponsors, the people were, it was going to how can we stream this or make this where everyone can see it but the best possible ways for the surface. Yeah, right. So it went in 95, I think was the first year they had one there. Quicksilver did it. Yep. Went through the 90s and then, um, and, then it, and then it sort of shut down due to, I think, some unrest in obviously Indo. Yeah. Now it's back. If they get good swell, like they've already had a good run of swell, it'll be a sick event to watch. Have you, have you been there? Yeah. Is it one of the great pilgrimages, like surfing sort of waves oh, you sick. sort of get a yeah, bucket it's list? Like, yeah. it, there's kind of nowhere to go. There's a couple of camps there, so a yeah. couple of surf camps. You just stay in these cool little bungalows, you're in the jungle. It's kind of another wave that's pretty average further down. You're kind of just at that wave. Yeah, um, yeah and you're all sort of together. It's like uh, being in Fiji. There's either Tavarua and Namotu. They're small islands where everyone stays together. Yeah. So you're in each other's pockets, but... If they get sort of anywhere from four to six foot sort of surf, it'll be sick to watch. 20 guys now. So yep. all the matchups, yeah, there, won't, there yeah. won't be any dead matchups yeah, where you're yeah. like, oh, fuck, I'm just going to go do some work and yeah. come back. It'll Really be, good point. The seeding will be yeah. tight. Like every, Connor, every heat will be a cracker. Connor and guys that you'd want to see do really well, you expect it. Connor will be a low seed. Goofy yeah. footer, big powerful guy. Yeah. Gabriel will be the lowest seed because <laughs> he's the wild card. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's last year's world champ. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah, I don't know. Look forward to. There's going to be some, some good, good heat straight off the bat. Um, I mean, just quickly, Challenger Series, any standouts? Any, any uh, Robbo. Cal- Callum won snapper. He was great. Um, it was good to see Julian surf. I thought Julian surfed well for a few heats. Kind of got a little bit lost. It, when, uh, when the waves got a bit wild and woolly, kind of was maybe a bit too patient like Connor. Um, yeah, it was good to see. Uh, it was good to see Sheldon get a few heats. Like you know, he was clever. It's his home break. He knew what he had to do to get through heats. He got all the way to second. Now he's sort of set up his year on the Challenger Series to maybe push for qualification. Um, yeah, it's just good to see uh, ninety six guys out there ripping, pumping, snapper instead of thirty four guys. And it's yeah, there was a lot of good surfing. Yeah, Even the right. and the girls too, Molly and and uh, Katie. Caitlin Zimmers, it was sick. NRL, plenty happening. Yeah, there is plenty happening in there. Jeez, would you uh, far out? Would you, would you take a coaching job under Gus Gould at all? <laughs> Negative, <laughs> mate. I thought we were in fucking disarray, and you know, I, I guess we've had a couple of shaky wins, and then the Tigers, and yeah, that just looks like an absolute fucking train wreck over there, doesn't it? <laughs> Our poor filmer slash video. Hamish. Entrepreneur. Hamish, yeah. He's the probably the number one bull, Bulldogs fan. He's got about 30 jerseys. He's probably crying himself to sleep at the moment. Yeah. Well, Condo, you're a numbers man. You're all over boards and all that sort of stuff in your past life. Like, where, I don't know, where do the Bulldogs sit, you know what I mean, in terms of clubs in the NRL in that sense? Oh, look, I just think you just got to look at uh, Gus is obviously way smarter than us when it comes to NRL. But if you look at the big picture, you just got to go back. You just got to look at best practice. So, what's best practice in Australian sports franchises? And it actually happens to sit in the NRL, Melbourne Storm. Yep. So, I just look at what the Melbourne Storm are doing, and you just got to try and replicate 80, 90% of it. Now, it's a slightly different setup because the Bulldogs have got a board that, that is always up for re election every two years, which I think is, I don't know. 
Does it create- if I was them, I'd be trying to change that constitution. Two years to try and get stuff done in professional sport is not a lot of time. No. Guys don't develop in two years. 100% they Good don't. guys probably, what, develop in five years, would you say? Oh, look, I, I think Ben Eichen has shown at the Broncos that you can turn a roster around pretty quickly, but you've got to be, you, you know, the first thing that he's, he's brought up there, and we sort of touched on it last year when he went there, but it, it's proving to be the case, is stability. So what do the Bulldogs not have? <laughs> They've got no stability to start with. So I think they're in for I think they're in still for a couple of years of hurt because you, you can tell now, like you made the point off the podcast, has he brought or has the, you know, I mean, obviously mm. Gus isn't 100% real, uh, respons- responsible for all the signings, but any of the new guys that have come to the club this year, have they made any of the players around them better? No. I mean, that was your question. Yeah, it is. My, that's, my point. that's my whole issue with the whole – and I think, you know, everyone was talking up their pre-season buys. There isn't one player, and you go through the list, and, you know, Josh Adekar, great player, but winger, okay? So he doesn't, he doesn't have an impact on getting the ball to him, you know what I mean? Matty Burton was a New South – he was the centre of the year last year, fantastic player, but a quiet, introverted country kid. Okay, what they don't have is a half, a nine, or a forward there that says every day in terms of their training attitude, follow me, or let's get us into this part of the park. Okay, let's look at the two best signings for sides who are probably a little bit underrated. I'd say the Sharks, you're looking at Dale Finucane, just because of what the example he sets on and off the field, yep. uh, and you get a young kid like Nico Hines, it fits that system, um, so what Fitzy's done there is he's got two players who align with his personality and his values. Okay, so he's got the Sharks going in the right direction. And then you look at, conversely, the Broncos, where they've had a really good young pack, but they've just needed someone who could guide them around the park and make them better. And they've found that in Adam Reynolds. And he's probably playing some of the best footy of his career. Yep. Okay, okay let me throw a little question to you, Broncos, yep. Queensland man. Reynolds has made a huge difference. Um, obviously, his game and probably the way he talks to the guys and gets them pumped up. Dearden, playing for the Cowboys. Playing really well. Fucking having a blinder. Is that because Townsend's there? Or is that... I, I think like, he's an underheralded and another unheralded so buy, and that's a good point because I forgot about him up there. Like, he's yeah. having... Like, he could be almost in the conversation for State of Origin for Queensland, or at least a backup. Uh, Dearden? Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Just with his form now. Especially, I reckon probably he's a kid you've but, got in your emerging and you're going, yeah. he's somewhere keeping but, on. How come he couldn't get it going? Was it because he was going in and out of the Broncos? You know what I mean? Because he yeah. left last year, didn't but he? But young too, mate. Yeah. You've you got to understand, like, he was 18 playing first grade. Yeah. That's hard. For yeah, the but Broncos. I think he also yeah. got dicked around a fair bit with Seabold. Not so much Kevin. Yeah, it seemed yeah. like he was getting yeah. As in that he was the guy, he yeah. wasn't the guy. He yeah, the yeah guy, but he, he also didn't have any... You think you're a young kid, right? You're coming to first grade and you're 18 years old and you've got to be the man to lead the Broncos, which Agreed. is the hardest yeah. club, most pressurised club Where within the NRL. he's got a seven inside him that's got experience. Did he? Yeah. And did he also... And he's out of the limelight in town. That's what I was about bit. to say. Did he also just go north? He's found something, like a, yeah. a really good zone up there where he's like, oh, fuck, I'm not in Brisbane anymore. I'm not in my family. Yeah. I've got a bit more room to move. I think it's a great point, mate. He's grown up a bit, yeah, maybe. he's got a couple, a little year older, you know what I mean? He's got a bit of experience in his pack, they're, which he can look fucking parent. Yeah, absolutely perfect. And, and, playing, Todd a great, was, and yeah. playing a great brand of footy. I mean, Scotty Drinkwater, I couldn't understand why he was out of the side early, but now that he's back into it and they've found a spot for Holmes and um, the other guy, I can't remember his name. A couple of their uh, young the players. Oh, no, the, um, um, uh, what's his name? Um, what do they call him? His nickname? 
Um, Dalton Hunt, no, um, or something, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he was playing no. fullback. Yeah, he's to start. playing fourteen now. But he's doing really you know, well. And, and and I mean, on that point, I mean, Todd Payton, he just stuck to his guns on Didn't how he? he wanted to do things. All his the blabs with Tamalo yeah. and that, and he just kept going, and now they're killing it. Yeah. So so when you when you come yeah. back to the questions on on the Bulldogs, like you know, firstly, uh, any of those clubs, especially the Storm, do they uh, are they airing their dirty washing? Number one, I mean, there seems to be a story about the Bulldogs every five minutes about what's going on is that, internally, externally. Is, yeah. Like they just they just all got to get on the same page. They just never seem to be on the same page at that joint. But is that because? There's people waiting in the wings to get on the board, and they know all the gossip. Probably, and just it definitely doesn't help when you've got a it. when you've got a board that can be rotated every two years. Yeah, yeah but I've got an issue too with Gus because Gus he I says don't reckon, like I don't reckon you're the only one. Yeah, but I just what I struggle with him is he he's kingmaker, and then he'll wash his hands real quickly of it. Like Trent's the person to see it through on Thursday. He's, he's our long-term, you know, he's got the backing. Then Saturday he comes out and says, yeah, look, I honestly told him that the Bulldogs is a job I wouldn't take and I wouldn't have taken Manly either because you're not from there so you don't really know the club, you know what I mean? But then, I heard that but then he is the best young coach I've seen in the NRL as well. So far out it's hard. And as a young coach, I tell you what, geez, you've got to be careful of the job, your first job you take. You look at Fitzy. You look at Fitzy. Fitzy's well, bided his time but, but, and done it well. But a hundred percent correct. But also go back for you know, and, and I'm just putting it on the table. Uh, Re Gus, just go back and have a look at his track record. Like at the Roosters, all right. Like he he has he's got a great history of just moving people on when they look like they're entrenched. Like when Ricky Stewart got kicked yeah. out of there, you know what he he'd got to a couple of grand finals. He'd won one, three in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Three, three in a row. And, and then, then they and had a bad season. And, and then, they had yeah. one poor season, doesn't have a job. Okay, then he goes to, well, you know, he obviously did Penrith. other things. But then he's at Penrith. Clear he's the man. Brings him back from Auckland. Um, he's the man. Moves him on. Yep. Signs Griffin, what was it, only 10 weeks after he was signed to an extension. He's gone. Yeah. Then Cleary comes back when, obviously, Gus moves on. And, obviously, there was a lot of good work put in there with their pathways and all the rest yeah. of it. You know, they win a premiership. I don't know. I'm not sure Gus is the right person. Well, for I don't know. I'm not sure how much because he'll take a lot of that credit for Penrith and what they've done. And I'm just not sure. Is it was it all Gus doing, or was it correct? Some, That's, but, they're, they're my points. But was it some guys out there who are in key developmental roles or key positions within the club who are unheralded? Who were the key reasons for getting those players to where they are today? I'm not sure. And is Trent Barrett a really good assistant coach, but not a head coach? What, what about this? What about well, it's interesting when you listen to Steve Hansen. I mean, yeah, you, you heard when he came out. Yeah, what did he on, say? Oh, he just said, that, I just can't believe they've made this call. He said, that's just ridiculous. He's one of the best young coaches I've seen full stop. That, that, was, his, that yep. was his quote. What, what about this? Obviously, Bellamy's first ever job, Storm. Yep. Were they good straight away? Was it two years, three years before he got those young guys going? How long, like, where, you know what I mean? How long did it take him? Did he get enough time to I develop? I think he started there in 04 and they won a comp in 07, I think. Yeah, it took memory. him a little while. Yeah, yeah no, were they, he, he was were gone, they no, very good in yeah, 04? Yeah. Yeah. Were, they, were they okay in 04? Were they bad? Like, uh, no, semi-finalists. Yeah. Oh, okay. They were there or thereabouts. Yeah. He, 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 didn't, he didn't not inherit uh, a good roster. Yeah. They um, had some really good recruitment guys there. What Sullivan. Yeah, Pedro yeah. Sullivan and, and, and Mark Murray and these guys did a great job. So, I, yeah, look. I, this, and and, and yeah. I think on that point, don't underestimate the importance of what Icons added to the Broncos and Frank Panisi, Panisi adds to the, yeah. the Storm. Like we, those guys are, you know, well, obviously Icons knew in the job, but 
I would think if Frank walked out onto the street without a job tomorrow, he'd be he'd be snapped up in about two seconds. Like yeah. they're bloody good at what they do, and they're probably some like someone like uh, Iken. Do you reckon he's way less reactive as some of the other manage, general managers? You know what I mean? Like if he's hearing enough shit about Kevy, is he going to walk in and sack him, or is he just like, nah? This is what we're doing. We're going to sure, stick. I think it'd be pretty measured. Yeah, are we like sticking to very measured. We're yeah. sticking to two year plan. If you're not at these levels by the second year, that's when you're out. I don't care what you like now. You need to change. Is that kind of how? Well, my understanding is that his contract is very is very much aligned with KPIs of where he has to be yeah. for performance. So, yeah. so I mean, when you have when you have contracts like that, Woody, and I'm sure you've got one like that um, with where you shape, yep. is if you're not delivering on how many boards, you know, you go and shape X amount of boards for Aloha or whoever it is, if you're not delivering on that, it's not a conversation about whether or not you're good at it or you're not yeah. bad at it. You just haven't delivered. Yeah. So it just becomes a conversation of you've got to move on. Yeah. And I think Kevy, you know, whether, he can, whether people think, oh, you know, I mean, <laughs> whether he can coach or he can't coach, if he keeps performing, well, he's got a job. So what are we doing with, what are we doing with Madge? Where's Madge going? You know what I mean? Like we don't. But don't you think there's a bit of stability stability there with Tim Sheens coming in? Maybe now, but like, maybe because Hastings is playing seven and Brooks is now at six. Like yeah. that's small changes. Maybe if, if someone said something to him, hey, you need to swap this around. But are you back as a Tigers supporter? I don't know. Not you yet. You can't leave him, mate. You can't. I don't know. I just I would like to see a lot of younger players playing that are from our area. We just got. I just want to see him shell all the older crew. That they think are going to help the club. They haven't helped in the last. How many times have we bought players in the last five years? Older players that the other clubs didn't chase or want, and it, it hasn't. The, where it's worked out, it hasn't worked out, has it? Like any. Maybe. The only one I'd say at the moment that is actually playing good football is your captain, Tarmouse. Playing, he's, he's, he's he's actually playing good. Yeah, football. he's the rest of them can go. All right, last one. Where's your premiership tip right now? Oh, it's fucking hard to go past the panties. I would have loved. I would have loved to have seen Melbourne play Magic Round with um, Pappenhausen yeah. and, and Jerome Hughes. Yeah, like full strength versus full strength to see where they're actually at. I can't see them losing if they've got all that. If they're all you know in reasonably good health, who's they fucking whacked Melbourne? Like, and that wasn't even the best players playing well. It was the front row just smacking crew. Fisher Harris is horrifying, isn't he? Nice. He's, he's they're beautiful to watch and like, but, but Isaiah Yoda there Isaiah is oh, important It's Cleary Jeez, he's, he's a good player he's, he's I can't wait player. to see him Doing his thing For New South Wales oh, Fucking hell Someone kneecap him Right now quickly. Like you're lucky Latrell and Turbo Have been injured Like if we were all On fire oh, It's yes. Jerome Louie and, and Cleary together They're just I know each other Like a back Scary of scary side Condo you, you you're going, uh, you're still off the uh, Well I, I, I'm happy to see The Broncos improve I, yeah. I think they'll still Probably Your make the Your two tips eight. have been amazing You've said the Storm For the top I mean Sharks for the top four Which There's every chance They could sneak in there And you said Broncos top eight And they're looking Every you, bit you like You laughed it. at me About the Broncos Beric I'd just like to let you know that yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't I, think Reynolds would be fit And he stayed fit Which has been impressive Yeah I, I, I'm Panthers are going to be bloody hard to beat, but I reckon if they can keep, if they can get everyone on the paddock, I still think that I still like the Storm. Yeah, so do I. I think yeah, yeah. all fit. Cheers is going to be uh, that'll be sick. The more the question is, can any other side tip one of those two over? And and the bunny showed that last year well, that you can if you get a run. Going well, and late. also keep in mind, Parramatta were yeah. a bee's dick from beating Param, uh, beating Penrith in that. Yeah, in that they have Reed Marnie or whatever. They have a better number nine that game. They mate. were a bee's dick. If this you is remember. their this is their year, Para. 
you, you look at it when all the stars align, they've got all their roster. They they better make sure that this is their run at the premiership because they're losing a lot of guys. Can the roosters can the roosters get yeah, the shit together? They, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and you know, I mean, you know this better than anyone, Barnsley. But some sides just click against other sides and don't like playing against each other yeah. or whatever. Penrith Parramatta games. Go back and have a look yeah. at the re- just the recent history. I don't know whether it's because they're yeah, both Par- Westies, yeah. but Parramatta have got really good form against Campbell Penrith. So Campbell if the semis, if, got a chip on his shoulder, if the, semi, if, if the semis roll out where they play each other, I reckon Parramatta can definitely beat the Panthers. They're one side that can beat the Panthers, and in saying that, the Panthers seem to have a bit of the it stick would on have the, storm. the storm. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, it's exciting. I hope, uh, geez, I hope we get uh, well, we've got a few guests lined up in the coming weeks. Hopefully, we've got some good guests coming up, and it's good to have. Uh, well, Condo's been fit and healthy, but it's good to have you guys back from COVID yeah. and good to dribble a bit of shit, and, and yeah. uh, good to see you guys. And it's good it's to work, uh, get creative, and work on some new ads. Yeah, um, yeah, they're going to come <laughs> to you live through the Ballinger Cinema, so uh, <laughs> I'll give you dates, and uh, and we'll get into it. Beautiful, good, <laughs> good to be back, up, boys. boys. Thanks, Thanks, see ya. Don't smoke here. We only set fire through the microphones. <laughs>